This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, I'm Pauline from the blog greatfinancialindependence.com. And when I'm not spending all my money biking around Europe, I'm stacking Benjamins in Guatemala. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Money Nerds, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and before we start, can I just say that I absolutely L-O-V-E the fall season. So many good things packed into these months like Halloween and hay mazes and hey, don't forget it's the perfect temperature to show off my superhero long underwear, but best of all, it's cuddling season, ladies. So today, cuddle up to your listening device because we welcome to the basement for his long overdue visit, none other than New York Times bestselling author, John Acuff. Need I say more? Yeah, what's that now, Joe? Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Well, according to my contract, yes, in fact, I do need to say more. So, in our headline segment, we welcome, with his monthly social media investing update from the Buzz Index, Jamie Wise. Let's also throw in, at no extra cost to you, your letters, a call on the Haven Lifeline, a healthy amount of semi-intelligent banter, and now, let's reintroduce you to two guys who don't seem to understand the healthy or semi-intelligent parts of banter, Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. Why we stop with semi? I was going to say, one of us has 100% intelligent banter. The other has zero, and that's how we end up with semi. <laughs> I, I don't, knowing, knowing. We'll let you choose who you think, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, everybody. I am Joe Salcihai, the brains of this operation. <laughs> Average show money on Twitter and across the table from me, my moronic counterpart, the one and only other guy, or as we call him, OG. Definitely the bronze of the operation. One of us skips arm day. One of us does not. Yeah, but do you skip leg day? Leg day is just the second arm day. <laughs> arm, arm day part two. You know, you know what's better than arm day? Oh, gosh, I wish I had something cool to say, but nothing is better than arm day. Everybody knows that. It's all those choices you have when it comes to online investing tools, OG. Actually, that's confusing. Traditional self-directed brokerages, they offer a lot of customization, but they also hit you with commissions every stinking trade. On top of that, they can be clunky and unintuitive. And for most passive investors, there's this rising trend of automated brokerages that allow you to easily invest in a portfolio that they manage for you. But then you got to hand over the controls. You find yourself trusting some black box of software and can't really personalize your portfolio with those options. So both of those are compromises. We don't want to compromise. So what do you do? Instead, go to M1 Finance because there you don't have to compromise. They offer a balanced solution like nothing you've ever seen before. Set up a personalized portfolio perfectly tailored to meet your needs and your own investing goals. Hit the easy button every time it's time to rebalance. I love the rebalance button. Just that one quick boop. Click. Rebalance. Done. And then the portfolio is automatically managed by their advanced technology. Guess what? If you try M1 Finance using our link the first year, all those tools that M1 Finance offers for a fee, no fee the first year. 
stackingbenjamins.com forward slash M1 finance, and then use the code stackingbenjamins all scrunched together to get one year at no cost. How about that? Pretty cool deal. Tell you what else is pretty cool. When you stop walking into your bank and just say, hey, what financial tools do you got? Instead, you realize, what if there were some machine out there? What if there were some website? There's only a location where where you could look at everything. Find everything all in one place. It's like the Amazon of banking. And then one day- That needs to be trademarked, by the way. The Amazon of banking. Nick- Nick, you gotta you gotta I mean, trademark that. Nick Clements over at Nick, Magnified Nick, Money. Nick Nick can talk to me about buying the trademark first first to issue it to here. Stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnified money is that place. One day when Nick and his partner Brian decided to create magnified money, it was like the heavens opened up, OG, because finally there is this place where I can very easily look at all my student loan options, auto loan, if you have to take out an auto loan, credit cards, savings accounts, checking accounts, balance transfer ideas, personal loans. It's all there. And a great blog run by the award-winning Mandy Woodruff. And she's got a great team of writers with her. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money to check out the Magnify Money site and to get your financial house in order. Man, between M1 Finance and Magnify money. We are rolling today, OG. You're set. We got a great guest, John Acuff. I can't believe John Acuff's actually coming down to the basement. How cool is that? Believe it. Unbelievable. But first, we got some headlines, so let's move. Hello, darlings. And now, it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Well, I don't know if you've heard about this, OG, but there was a little data breach. <laughs> this is what we're leading off with today? <laughs> Have you heard about this data breach? It caught my attention. Yeah, we might be the last people to report this. This is it comes to us from Krebs on Security. Equifax hackers stole 200,000 credit card accounts in one fell swoop. Visa and MasterCard are sending confidential alerts to financial institutions across the United States, warning them about more than 200,000 credit cards that were stolen in the epic data breach announced uh, two weeks ago at Big Three Credit Bureau Equifax. First glance, the private notices obtained by Krebs on Security appear to suggest that hackers initially breached Equifax starting in, this is the amazing part, November of 2016. I even have a more amazing part of this story, but I want to see if you hit it. What you're talking about here is how long it had been from when they started until they reported it, right? Yeah, exactly. Both Visa and MasterCard frequently send alerts to card-issuing financial institutions with information about specific credit and debit cards that might have been compromised in a recent breach. But it's unusual for these alerts to state from which company the accounts were thought to have been pilfered. But in this case, Visa and MasterCard were unambiguous, according to Krebs on Security, about exactly where it was, referring to Equifax specifically as the source of the credit card breach. This data breach is going to get worse and worse. Well, it makes me very angry that we've developed a system whereby basically three different companies, and I know companies like SoFi are kind of bucking the trend here a little bit, but that was bucking with a B, Steve. <laughs> not not doing the other, but they're doing the other too, yeah. apparently. Yeah. But um, there's these three companies that control all the financial. I mean, basically everything that happens to you financially. Do you get a good mortgage rate or a crappy one? Do you get a good credit card or a crappy one? All because of what these three people say. And, and you've seen a little bit of government involvement here in the last year or so from the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau coming in and saying, okay, we got to get rid of these medical late payments and that sort of thing. Those are not going to be credit reported anymore and for a lot of reasons. And and I think people got to hold companies like Equifax to their feet to the fire, right? Because if you're going to be in charge of all this stuff, you have a great responsibility to not jack that up. Here's the thing that I found even more profound. You didn't mention it. Maybe you read this already. What was the password and username combination that ultimately worked? Did you hear? Oh my goodness, no. Admin, admin. That was the key to breaking into Equifax? Admin, admin. I don't know what to do with that. That was the mic dropping, that that area of pause that y'all just heard. You don't know what to do with that. Yeah. I mean, rotten hell, Equifax. Enjoy Let's, ride down there. Let's talk about what you can do with that. Uh, we'll link to our friend Roger Whitney put together something. But I also like this Krebs on security piece. 
which is sent to us by our friend Nathan. Remember we met Nathan when we were out in Portland? Sure do. Nathan works in this business, sent us a bunch of great stuff. But uh, how I learned to stop worrying and embrace the security freeze. He talks about how obviously there's uh, you can freeze your credit. And yeah, yeah which, which, as I understand, is a real easy process now at Equifax. I'm sure that uh, they're not overwhelmed with phone calls. I think it's kind of funny that Equifax loses your information, and then charges you money to to get this uh, hooked up. Well, even worse than that, they're going to remove it allegedly, but they offered free credit monitoring through a company. I'm sure you, you know, yeah. that's kind of standard protocol with this, right? Right. And if you read the terms and conditions, it says if you subscribe to this free credit monitoring, you waive your ability to sue us in court and join a class for a class action suit. What's funny I is mean, it's so it's so slitheringly bad. You the, know what I mean? It's just. The good news for me, OG, is there have been so many data breaches that yeah, I they got all my stuff. Well, no, I got free credit mining for life. <laughs> I was going to say the Russians already have all my stuff, so <laughs> <laughs> they just haven't decided when to start using it against me yet. I guess I don't know. Yeah, when I go through security, when I'm on my way into Moscow, there's the like their version of global entry. Like there's yeah. the big long line, there's their global entry, and there's oh Joe, we've got all your stuff. Yeah. There's uh, if you've been a victim of uh, identity theft this way, we already know everything there is to know about you. You're, you're safe. Down. Come on in. Come on in. The only thing we're missing is to verify your identity. Please give us your mother's maiden. Right. Not that they don't already know it. They just want to make sure that you yeah, can verify that. A uh, couple interesting pieces on this idea of freezing your credit because people think that they should freeze it three places. You should actually freeze your credit in five places. There is a fourth credit bureau, a little smaller, called Innovis, uh, where you should freeze it to. That's I-N-N-O-V-I-S. And then Krebs also says down here later in this piece, by the way, he says that it's also a good idea to notify a company called Chex Systems, C-H-E-X Systems, mm -hmm. to keep an eye out for fraud committed in your name. Thousands of banks rely on Check Systems to verify customers that are requesting new checking and savings accounts. And Check Systems lets consumers place a security alert on their credit data to make it more difficult for ID thieves to fraudulently obtain checking and savings accounts. Thought that was cool. So I'll link I would add I would add one more piece to this too. We experienced this, so I've got a little bit of a firsthand knowledge of how messy this could end up being. Uh, if you have never requested your full file disclosure report from a company called LexisNexis, it's L-E-X-I-S-N-E-X-I-S, -E -I, I guess, LexisNexis, you want to request your full file disclosure report, it will blow your mind what people have in terms of data on you. And you can freeze that also, which is really, really, I think, kind of the, that's the epicenter. They have the email address I used in college 22 years ago. We'll link to this on our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com because, you know, we could just have a whole episode on this one little topic. And for our second headline today, we go to our special Buzz correspondent where we talk about social media and investing. And Jamie Wise from the Buzz Index joins us again. Jamie, welcome back, dude. Back to school, back to the basement. Great to be back with you. How are you, Joe? I'm fantastic, especially now that you're here to talk about the Buzz. Let's, let's start off with something that everybody's been talking about the last week. What's this deal about a $1,000, $1,500 iPhone? Has that changed? I know that Apple's a part of the Buzz Index. Has that changed your sentiment on the Buzz Index? Or is, it, is the wisdom of the crowds changed because that phone's so damned expensive? Yeah, remember, my opinion doesn't matter, right? What we're doing is harvesting insights and sentiment insights around Apple specifically as an investment from all those thousands and really millions since they made that announcement, um, data points of conversation online. What do people think about all this? And this is a neat kind of segue into something we've talked about before, which is really differentiating the brand value of Apple and, and the story about the products versus what people think about that company from an investment perspective, which is what we really listen into. So of course, you get a huge amount of increased conversation across every online platform when Apple releases a new product, especially one that's been redesigned as much right. as the new iPhone X has. And when you put a sticker price like that on it, oh my goodness, everyone has an opinion. But what are they saying about it from an investment perspective? And we did find some interesting insights just in the you know 24-hour window around that announcement. And of course, we see volume increase. And 
really what people are saying from a stock perspective actually differed across several online platforms, notably where, you know, Twitter, which might be very reactionary, everyone was initially excited and positive, but across some more really investment and stock specific chat rooms and communities and forums, the the sentiment was a little more muted. Um, I would say it even declined a little bit. But both of those effects were really short-lived. They both came back by the end of the period and went back to their normal levels. And when I say normal, I'd say what we've observed over the last year, which is a general positive view towards the company, right? I think people expected good things out of Apple. They expected some fancy design features. Maybe the sticker price was a little more than people expected. But of course, from an investment perspective, if you believe people will buy the new iPhone, Apple's already mammoth profitability machine will just get that much more profitable. So we still see Apple as being very favorably viewed by the crowd, by investors all across the world. They like the company. It's valued fairly as a consensus view or cheaply, I should say. And people still want to own it. They still want to hold it in their portfolio. Man, that's expensive. Talk about something a lot less expensive and I'm kind of hungry. So it's probably not a good time to bring this up. But this is an area where the wisdom of the crowd also is different than the street. Domino's Pizza. Talk about this one. This was really interesting for us. So when we did the August rebalance of the index, you know, you see what the algorithm spits out as which companies are, are really positively being talked about. And lo and behold, we see Domino's Pizza in the list. And we had never seen that in the list. And, and it's interesting because the stock really has had a huge run over the last couple of years. And I think the average investor was not necessarily as excited about it as the analyst community, but they were getting there and they were getting there slowly. And when the company missed its earnings uh, in August and the stock fell 10%, the reaction was swift. The volume of conversation increased. People really viewed it as a buying opportunity. Now they said, you know, the analysts that were so bullish that are now turning tail and sort of cutting their estimates and maybe falling away from the story the investment community really saw it as a buying opportunity. They think the general growth of dominoes, the valuation is still there, still positive, and this allowed them an entry point. And this is a really interesting thing that we see all the time in our data is that the crowd doesn't always agree with the expert opinion and that's where we can really find some true insights. And so here with Domino's, we had that 10% decline. Since it's been added to the index, the stock has been pretty stable, right? And I, I, for those technical chartists out there, that's a good thing, right? We're, we're seeing stability at the new price. We're building a new base. The crowd remains collective. I think we may get back and actually test some old highs and not the too far off future here. So one to watch, a new one for Buzz, and, and we're actively interested in how it all plays out. That's so interesting. But but I, I just like talking about the pizza. Let's not talk about performance. Let's just talk about pizza. Yeah, let's go away from the investment perspective know, into the right? brand perspective, right? Sure. Really. Who doesn't love Domino's pizza, right? It's yummy. <laughs> I'm, I'm starving. And Domino's, if you want to sponsor the podcast, just write to me. Uh, we, let's talk about something else that we've discussed here before. We talked about the theme of biotech, right? Uh, a lot. It seems like you and I have had this discussion but in June and July, we talked about this biotech theme, and now this seems to have come more to a head. I see that in July, you guys added Kite Pharmaceuticals to the mix. Tell me about that. It was another new name for us in July. And you're right. Back in June, we talked about biotech companies generally, and that what we were seeing is after a long period of stability, sentiment, and I guess this is back to the chartists, right, would, would validate this, sentiment started picking up. And we sent out a flash notice to our subscriber base, alerting them to this idea that the stocks are flat over the last year, but sentiment is building. You know, we should expect to see some upward movement in shares of biotech companies. And, and for those of you out there listening that aren't on our flash notice list, make sure you go to stackingbenjamins.com slash buzz and you can sign up for our flash notices there. So we did see it. So in July, Kite Pharmaceuticals, much like Domino, shows up in the index. And it wasn't that much of a surprise given that we were seeing, you know, the sentiment uptick within the sector. But it was a new name and we could identify that people were, you know, really positive around the company's approach to their CAR-T, they call it therapy. But it, it's basically patient-specific analysis in, in creating therapies um, to help fight for cancer. And so the, the community was really buying into their approach. They saw the longer-term value in it. It comes into our index. 
And lo and behold, it didn't take long for Gilead to validate everyone's opinion and actually buy the company really? in the middle of August in a $12 billion all-cash acquisition. So we had this lovely 68% gain in a month <laughs> and a half on a stock that was just in the index. But the more interesting story, and that's wonderful, and we all like to see that. But of course, you know, you shouldn't expect to see that every month within, within any investment strategy. But really, to us, the validating point was how we saw this coming in June, right? We saw the, the breakout, the sentiment breakout happening. We got a little bit heavier in our biotech allocation. Kite was one of those names, and timing was just right for Gilead. It really, and once again, it wasn't you that saw it. It was the crowd that saw it, and you followed the crowd. Exactly right. We don't make yeah. the decisions here, right? What we're able to do is really appreciate that we know sentiment drives asset prices. We know that sentiment is a premium and a factor that's always been embedded in the returns of stocks since the first day of trading. Since the first stock that ever traded out on the street and then into the exchange, there was a collection of people talking about it and the sentiment of those people drove the stock price. We could never before measure that sentiment at the individual stock level because we didn't have a data set to do it. But with the, with the continued adoption of online communities and people being comfortable sharing independently their views across those online communities, we really have that data set now. And we can identify sentiment, not just about the market overall, but really at the individual stocks level. And, and over time, as we see, it can really add some alpha into your portfolio. Another uh, good month for Buzz. In August, I believe you beat uh, the S&P 500 by 1.4. Is that right? That is correct. The streak continues outperforming year to date and um, happy to see it. And hopefully uh, we'll see it continue down the road. Well, thanks again, Jamie, for hanging out. For everybody who wants more on the Buzz Index, it trades under ticker symbol BUZ. And as Jamie said earlier, if you head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash BUZZ, you can get the flash notices as they come out showing some of the buzz that's out there. So check out the Buzz Index. I should also disclose that I own shares of the Buzz Index myself. It's been great for me. Do your own homework, though, to check and see if it's great for you. Jamie Wise, thanks for hanging out, man. Always great to be here. Thanks, Joe. Thanks again to Jamie for stopping in. One more headline today. We're doing a three-headline day. How often do we do that, man? Zero, to my knowledge. Zero. This is a, a neat note that we got from Laurent Amrani over at Debitize. And we've talked a lot about Debitize, but Debitize launching a new iOS app. So people that are, that are using Debitize. So Debitize is this way that you can... Hook up your credit card to Debitize, turns your credit card into like a debit card. So when you use it, money then gets taken out of your checking account. And we've been a big fan of Debitize for a while, but iOS app just launched over there. Congratulations to Laron. So our headlines, though, I think the big thing, number one, freezing your credit might be a little time consuming, but I think, uh, man, ultimately... Better do it. Could be something that you uh, might want to seriously consider. But I feel oh, like it's a prevention pound of cure. I feel like in some ways the horse is already out of the barn, you know, and you're going to freeze the credit. Oh, for the six people that for, for the guy down the street that doesn't yet have my credit. That's number one. Number two is uh, social media. Some interesting stuff going on. Jamie Wise talking about over there at Buzz Indexes. John Acuff, upstairs talking to Mom OG. He's an author of five books, including Do Over, Rescue Monday, Reinvent Your Work, and Never Get Stuck, Quitter, Closing the Gap Between Your Day Job and Your Dream Job, and Start, Punch Fear in the Face, Escape Average, and Do Work That Matters. Well, now, guess what? He has a brand new book that he's uh, coming down to talk to us about, which is Finish, How to Finally Give Yourself the Gift of Done, which I think... Uh, is, is a bigger problem than starting, right? Finish, mm -hmm. finish it. Getting the job done is a problem, when, especially when it comes to financial planning. How many people set out going, oh, yeah, I'm going to do all this financial stuff, and then they get distracted and it doesn't get finished. So John Acuff's going to help us coming down to the basement. And John Acuff walking down the stairs. How are you, man? Have a seat. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Well, it's amazing because when you talked about starting tasks, you were a little surprised that starting wasn't the problem for a lot of people. 
Yeah, a million people would say over and over, I've never had a problem starting. I start all the time. I have 50 URLs registered at GoDaddy. I've never done a single thing with them. (laughs) So yeah, starting is the easiest thing in the world, and it's the most celebrated. Finishing is hard. By the way, I love your take in the book on crap motivational posters, especially the one of the wolf that says sometimes you have to jump off the cliff and grow wings halfway down. Like I kind of yeah, I don't know that that's ever happened <laughs> in the history of wolf. Like th- again, I said thank God. Like if wolves figure out the dynamics of flight, <laughs> it's game over. It is, we are screwed at that point. Oh man, what are some of the things that you haven't finished, John? Up until this year, I would say I finished ten percent of the books I purchased. It took me three years to do six days of P ninety X. Um, I love I love that one, by the way. That's yeah, well, that one's really popular. Uh, I bought a, a moped, like a Honda Ruckus, that I was like, I'm going to ride it all the time. I rode it like five times, never even registered it. Good. I, I mean, I just like, there's clothes I've purchased. I bought a snowboard once and never used it a single time. Prior to writing this book, the list was long. So it's funny, though, that when you first started out, you thought the issue was starting. Now, though, you've got statistics the statistics you share are just mind-blowing that nobody finishes. Yeah, there was a study by the University of Scranton, and it found out 92% of people fail their resolutions. Now, what's interesting about that, Joe, is that in most situations when that happens, we just stop. But there's a part of us that believes this time will be different, even though we haven't done anything differently. Like, think about like if 92% of your neighbors were mauled by bears, like you would change the way you approached your neighborhood. You'd be like, you know what? Like... That's a lot of bear attacks where people are just foolhardy and go, no, this year will be the year, new year, new me. And then they keep doing the same things. That's that's funny because I think of smoking right away. I mean, I have a good friend who's a smoker and she always says, she's like, yeah, I got to quit. And you could even tell by the way she says it like, yeah, maybe. But I'm not going to. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and it's not a lack of information. Like we all know how to do most of these things. There's a variety of emotions and obstacles, and but it's not a, it's not an information problem. We have 260,000 diet books. Like, do you honestly think like there's a diet book we're missing right now? <laughs> right. <laughs> there's that one little piece of information, which is why, by the way, you see, you know, courses, right? I mean, people take these, cor- they buy these courses, and people don't even open up the course. Well, you even have an analogy where you have your hustle. And it's funny, when you do the numbers on your hustle, people don't quit far into the course. They quit, what, almost immediately? Yeah, day two. Well, the problem is day two is the first day work shows up. Here's how the here's how people think. Like if I sat down with some people and said, okay, if a goal has a beginning, a middle, and end, break it up in a 30-day period. They'd go, the beginning is day one through 10. The middle is 11 through 20, and the end is 21 through 30. But the reality, Joe, is that the beginning is day one, the middle is day two through 29, and the finish is day 30. And so what happens is Day two is where the work starts and the excitement and hype go, whoa, 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 this is uncomfortable. And, and we end up quitting. Yeah, but so here's the question. Everybody's nodding their head right now going, yep, I've been there. New Year's resolution. Got it. The whole smoking. Got it. Why do we quit so early, John? Um, well, I think sometimes we've made the goal too big. One of the most fascinating things in the research, I, I had a researcher from the University of Memphis. We studied nearly 900 people for six months so that I could say, this is what we found. We found that people dream too big, which is counterintuitive to like Instagram, like chase your dreams, like unicorns kind of motivation. Yeah. But I really wanted to move past the hype and see what worked. And so it's weird to say, but a lot of times it's that the person picked a goal that was simply too big, guaranteeing failure. Getting to money. I mean, that kind of jives with a guy that you and I know really well. Uh, well, you know much better than I do, Dave Ramsey. And the reason why the debt snowball works better than the debt avalanche. The debt snowball is brilliant. I will say that up and down. And that's what's really interesting is that, like, here's how I relate to the debt snowball. I figured that if your goal is to lose 10 pounds and you only lost eight, you don't feel like you got close. You feel like you failed by two and you quit. But if I could get you to cut that in half and lose five and you still lose the same exact eight pounds, you won by three and you try again. And now you say, well, that wouldn't work. But it's the same people that said to Dave, you know, you should pay mathematically, you should pay off the highest debt. You should mathematically, if we were mathematical creatures, we're not, we're emotional. And so it's the same exact principle. When you have a smaller goal, the win gives you another win and another incentive to build a bigger goal. Would you say then that really, if we want to finish things to almost to gamify the process, like we're playing a video game? 
Oh, yeah. I do that all the time. I mean, I use this app called uh, Betterment. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Sure. When I finish tasks, I give myself a little, you know, I can say, okay, now I can put an extra $50 in there. I pay myself with that. Um, when I was writing this book, when I turned it in, I bought ski boots. Like, there's a million ways to have fun. I mean, same with calories. Like, calories, I'm not, a, like, I've only, I'm doing this experiment where I'm counting calories for 30 days because I just want to see what it's like. And I'm already gaming the heck out of that. That's funny because it seems like then the more you play the game, well, you talk about this a little bit in the book, is that the more that you play the game, the more you want to play the game. Yeah, you get better and better at it. So like the other day I'm at a steak restaurant and I, I say, can I have some horseradish? And they go, you want the cream or just raw? And I was like, give me both. I look them up. The cream is like 200 calories. The raw is seven. And I was like, screw you, cream. Like, <laughs> so you just like I've never before in my life looked up what are the calories of horseradish. But because it's a game. Now I am. And it just makes it fun. And that's the that's the big thing. You've seen this time and time again. When people focus on their money and they get disciplined with it, they get in shape. And you go, but doing your budget shouldn't make you want to get in shape. That's not the point. The point is a little bit of discipline in one area always spreads to another. That's it. You told horseradish who was boss. Yeah, exactly. And I wanted the flavor of horseradish anyway. And so I like to win and I like to set up small wins. And so for me, like, I know the long range one, I know the short range one, I know, okay, here's where I want to financially be. Like, I've got a lot of those going on at any given time. Where did you find people fail the most often? Did you look at that at all? Is it weight loss? Is it with their finances? Is it uh, career goals? Where is it? No, I mean, I would say it's an interesting question because there's not an area where they're winning the most. You know, it'd be one thing if we said, the average is 92% failure because it's 80% success in finance, but 0% failure in diet. Like it's all the same roughly within 10 degrees of each other. So it's not that there's a certain type of goal that everybody always hits. It's any amount of kind of discipline and doing it the wrong way. The goal tends to fail. If the goal is to clean out your sock drawer, you're going to fail the goal. This is what I like though, John, is that you mentioned discipline. It really isn't about discipline at all. No, and see, one of the big problems that the book talks about is, does fun matter? What happens is people go, I'm going to get in shape. And I'll go, how are you going to do it? And they go, I'm going to run. I'll, go, I'll say, do you like running? They go, no, I hate it. That's how I know it counts. Like people that you deal with, you go, hey, you want to get your money in order? They go, yeah, so I have to count every penny and hate myself, right? Isn't that what a budget is? And you go, no, that sounds miserable. And so we pick, like with reading goals, I meet people and I go, oh, you want to read more books? Great. And they go, yeah, I should probably read like War and Peace and like terrible books I hate from high school. And you go, no, I'm, I'm going to read like a graphic novel because I like Batman. And they go, oh, that doesn't count. And so what we found, if you make your goal fun, you're 46% more successful. Like that's crazy. 46% monster number. Yeah. You know this stuff. Like usually you're looking for a 5% bump, a 10% bump. 46 is crazy town. Yeah, no, that's that's the change agent that we're all looking for. And it seems like to some degree, it's it's like, I don't know, when I just even talking to you, I think at some point you just wake up and you go, you know, I gotta I gotta write my own story. I gotta be in control of my own life and it's time to time to go get something done. Well it's it goes by quickly. Like they talk about that with kids. I've only got five summers left with my oldest daughter. That's insane to me. I don't like I don't like waiting for life to happen. I'm not one of these guys that's like, if you do these five things, you'll control your life. I think that's just as silly. But I like being present to my life. I like being deliberate to my life. I don't like kind of showing up and then being surprised by, oh, that, that didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen. Like I'm right now, I met with my financial coach today to talk about how I won't work next July. Like it's September, we're planning on next July. Like that, I love it. That's But that's fun. Like not working for four weeks, all day. Dude, that's so funny because my motivation, listeners to the show know, is to spend July, because I'm here in Texas, spend every July in northern Michigan like I did this year. Oh, yeah. Come on. Which part uh, of northern Michigan? It, uh, around Traverse City, the Leland yeah, Peninsula. Oh. Well, we just We then went there two uh, years ago. We did Sleeping Bear Dunes. We did yes. oh, amazing. I was right there. I was in Frankfurt, and we hung out in Glen Arbor right around Glen the, Arbor, uh, Glen Haven. Yeah, they're gorgeous. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's fantastic. Hey, uh, by the way, I have to tell you a big thank you from all of our listeners. Uh, way to badmouth kale in the book. That was a big win. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just not. But that's part of that, like, oh, good food has to taste terrible. <laughs> um, you know, like guacamole. I love guacamole. I'm still eating guacamole. You know, I would say being deliberate gives you more of what you like, not less of what you like. The reality is for you to be deliberate, you will love that month in Michigan. For me to be deliberate, like it doesn't mean I'm a calorie crazy person. It means, oh, if I'm going to eat pizza, like my favorite pizza, I'm going to be smart that day with exercise. 
Like, and I'm going to really super enjoy that versus just, I get everything I want whenever I want. I, that doesn't lead to satisfaction. That's so funny. I recently lost uh, 30 pounds in just over three months. And I, it's all this stuff that we're talking about where I would have found it impossible to do before. And yet using a lot of these concepts that you're talking about that, that uh, I, I don't know, I got done something I thought was completely impossible. What are some of the things that you've done lately? Because I know that you've, you know, with your focus now on finishing things, you've finished a lot of stuff lately that you thought was impossible. Yeah, I mean... Last year I read 10 books. This year I've read 100 so far, 101. So I'm probably going to read 156 by the end of the year. So I've been finishing a lot of books. I'm being deliberate about family time. Um, I'm getting money in order. It's just, it's really, you know, I'm, I'm going to ski more. Like that's, you go, well, that's not a real goal. Of course it is. Sure it is. Like I can't wait to ski more. It's going to be the, it's going to be the best. Um, so I'm doing that more. I've got a bike, um, cycling more. Cause you know, I didn't, I didn't know I had knees until I was like 40. <laughs> like I didn't think one time about my knees in the first four decades of my life at 40. I was like, Whoa, what's that clicking sound? Right. And so I've got a, I got a bike. So now I'm putting on miles with my Strava app. Like I'm just having, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Like here's an example. So the book talks about data, like your audience would eat up, uh, the data section of the book. And so my wife, I have a busy fall, a book coming out, all that, traveling a bunch. And I said to my wife, how many nights do you think I'll be gone in the next four months? From September 1st to the end of December, how many nights? And she said 60. And I said, it's only 22. And because I'm using data, she's able to go, oh, we can handle that. 22? Like all day. Let's, let, that's fine. Let's do it. You know? The book is called Finish, Give Yourself the Gift of Done. I have to ask you one more question. All, all those books that you read, give us a few of your favorites. Um, my favorite is The Shape of Ideas. So the shape of ideas is this, this illustrated look at what is what is creativity and how does it work? And it's gorgeous and it's illustrated. And the guy who did it is a father of four in Wichita who's an orthodontist. Really? And he just does this in the morning at night. And he like I loved his work so much. Like the book is beautiful. It sold really well. I approached him on Instagram and said, hey, if I send you my book finished, will you visually illustrate it? Will you read it? And then create a poster based on it. And he created two posters that are unbelievable. And so now, like, that's going to be a giveaway that I give people. And it's a really encouraging, like, one of them is, it's, it's this collection of, like, 12 boxes. And it's like, this is the perfect book you'll never write. This is the perfect diet you'll never do. And it's about, like, perfection doesn't exist. Just go do it. That was one of those books where I read. Um, I really like um, the Gray Man series as far as fiction. They're kind of like Jason Bourne. Um, I've really been enjoying those. And I'm almost done with Ryan Holiday's newest one, Perennial Seller, about oh, yeah, like making yeah. work that lasts. And I, I, he's he's one of those guys that you're like, he has to be 60 and he's like 28. Right. Like he's just super smart. I really, I really like his book. Ryan said some really incendiary stuff about podcasting. I don't know if you've read any of that. Like recently? Yeah, yeah. Basically said that you shouldn't start a podcast. Like, Why? Like, don't do it. Well, because kind of the stuff we're talking about, you're probably, you know, the statistics say you're probably going to, basically, I think he's getting in people's face, John, saying, listen, if you're not serious about it, don't do it. Because most people quit. Most people don't follow through on it. There's plenty of Me Too podcasts. What he's really saying is, if you're going to make a podcast, make it make different. It yeah, make it different. Make it exciting. Make it you. Make it have a voice. Make it, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, so people get upset with me, but I don't go on new podcasts unless it's a friend or somebody established. Because when somebody goes, I'm launching a new podcast, I'd love you to be on it. I know a couple things. One, it's going to suck because you've never done it. It'd be like me, like learning how to ride, you know, learning how to run. Two, there's not going to be any audience. And three, you're going to quit within the first three months. Well, I it's know it's not worth it. I know even to get you down here, we had to offer you mom's cupcakes. And so exactly, exactly. Yeah. So And not like I don't like gourmet cupcakes because I would say most of them use an abundance of icing to cover up the terribleness of the cake. Nope. Got to gotta have uh, somebody like mom who's You've done gotta it. You've got to have good queso where you are though, right? We, you know, what's funny. We have really, really good queso and we have really, really crap queso. I mean, we have, we have both. We have the best Mexican food and we have the worst Mexican food all mixed into one. Yeah. Nashville does not have good Mexican food. Well, um, we just don't have the population. When I lived in Atlanta, like there was such a thriving Mexican population that you had a million options. Mm. Here in Nashville, there's like 19 Mexicans and none of them want to open a restaurant. No, but you make up for it with music. Yeah, music we do great at. There's a couple things that we knock out of the park. Uh, music, we're trying to become a tech town. Uh, Lyft is moving their headquarters here, which is awesome for us. 
But yeah, music is definitely music and bachelorette parties. We're now the bachelorette capital of the country, which is just means like if I fly home on a Thursday night, I see jean shorts, cowboy hats, and a shirt that rhymes frisky and whiskey. <laughs> which is all you need. That's all you yeah, need. Yeah, and I know, and it's like it'll be one girl in a white shirt, the rest are in black, it'll say yeah. squad goals, and they're super loud on the plane. Yeah, which which isn't annoying at all. The book is the Well, book, it's better than a bachelor party. That, I'd, I'll take a bachelorette party a thousand times I'm, more than a I'm party. with you there, brother. The book is called Finish. Give yourself the gift of done. Where can people get it, John? Everywhere. Um, it's certainly on Amazon. Um, it's on Barnes Noble, your local bookstore, like you know, you mentioned Traverse City. Traverse City is one of my favorite bookstores in the country, this really smart local bookstore. So it's always nice to go in and support a local business. It's, you know how it is. It's the kind of thing where you don't notice until they're gone. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, you can get it anywhere. Awesome. Thanks for hanging out for a few minutes, John. Thanks for having me. Hey, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Duggan. If you remember, at the top of the show, I just might have casually slipped in the fact, ladies, that October is cuddle season. Woof, woof. And to celebrate, I have here in my hot hands, oh, they're so hot, matching t-shirts for me and my cuddle partner, Gertrude from The Sizzler. Sure, people say winter-spring relationships don't work well, but I'm willing to support my cougar, so check this out. The t-shirts are red, because that's the color of love. And of course, on the back of my shirt, because we've been together so long, it says together and has a number 20 below it. The back of Gertrude's shirt says, since, with a 17 below it. And when we stand side by side, oh God, it's so cute. Together since 2017, get it? These long-term three-month relationships, I'll be the first to admit, they take patience. It takes work, folks. You just can't slide into these things. Speaking of patience, you've probably been waiting patiently for some trivia, haven't you? So here it goes. According to a recent survey, what's the most popular sandwich on earth? Speaking of sandwich, I'm going to go see if I can sandwich these here hands between Gertrude's hot cheeks. Oh, God, that woman knows how to butter my biscuits. You know, down here in the basement, we only like to partner with companies we're proud to put our name behind. So we're excited to announce our newest sponsor for the Stacky Benjamin Show, M1 Finance. Recently sat down with Brian Barnes, CEO and founder, and asked him what makes M1 Finance unique. M1 is one of the only automated investing platforms that allows you to customize the portfolio that you invest in. It creates a lot more engagement and fun in investing while still being easy and low cost. Anybody who's tried online investing tools are used to compromises. Do you pick a traditional self-directed brokerage that hits you with commissions at every trade or an automated machine makes you hand over the reins? Don't compromise. Scratch out commissions at every turn, take back control of your own portfolio, and take advantage of the uniqueness that's M1 Finance. Takes minutes to sign up. Start by heading over to stackybedjamins.com forward slash M1 Finance. M1 Finance, be invested. Disclaimer, by the way, both Cheryl, my spouse, and I use M1 Finance. It works for us, but you need to do your own homework. All right, raise your hand. Do you drive an extra five minutes in traffic to save just a few pennies at the gas pump? Well, when's the last time you spent five minutes trying to save on the big things like auto loans? Lucky for you, we brought in Nick Clements from Magnify Money with a few tips on saving money if you find yourself financing a car. If you're buying a new car, there's really no better deal than the 0% financing that would be offered by the manufacturer. The issue really starts to happen if you don't qualify for the manufacturer's financing or you're buying a used car. And in those cases, I, I think it's a very good idea to always shop online and get a low rate before you walk onto the lot. Uh, chances are high that the dealer will beat it, but if you don't walk onto the lot with a low rate to begin with, you know you won't get the best deal. Thanks, Nick. More than just auto loans, Magnify Money's the perfect spot for reviewing just how well or not your checking and savings accounts are performing. You might just decide to switch banks. And guess what? Why stick with just one bank at all when you can use MagnifyMoney.com to always find best-in-class stuff? StackyBenjamins.com forward slash MagnifyMoney. Average person saves $450 in interest when they go there. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash MagnifyMoney. Hey, 
Hey everyone, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, back with your trivia answer. But first, I Snapchatted the love of my life, Gertrude, a picture of the shirts I bought, and she loved them. So that's a big win for bifocal lenses. But anywho, before the break, I asked you this interesting question. According to a recent survey, what's the most popular sandwich on earth? The answer, turkey. The survey asked thousands of consumers about sandwiches they've eaten in the past two weeks. Turkey came out ahead of the competition with a breathtaking 14% response rate, beating hams 11%. Come to think of it, those numbers really aren't that impressive at all, actually. Only 14% for turkey. Why so low? I'll bet there's some damn millennial screwing this up the same way they ruined everything for Nickelback. What, too, too soon for that? See ya! You had it and you talked yourself out of it. I still count it. I put that one in the way count. No, you did. You said turkey and then uh, now peanut butter and jelly. Didn't do it. I love a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, though. I'm going there. I I haven't had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in forever. We should have mom make us peanut butter and jelly sandwiches right now. Yeah, you need like thick like sourdough bread for that. Oh, shut up. Do, Do not talk about that right now. Hey, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline and tackle some of life's or rather life insurance's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they're disrupting the life insurance industry, OG, by focusing on those two things that you value the most. Guess what those are? Family and time. Why do you keep getting it right? I actually have to think about it every time, but... I'm trying to turn over a new leaf. They were the first life insurance startup that's also wholly owned by industry giant Mass Mutual to create a high quality, affordable term life insurance policy that you can purchase entirely online. There's the time part, right? And qualified healthy applicants, they can skip the medical exam. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now to get a free quote and to learn about life insurance the modern way. Stackybenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life. And today, we're throwing out the Haven Lifeline to our brand new BFF April. Say hi, April. Hi, Joe and OG. Love the show, and thanks for teaching me absolutely nothing. I'd like to ask a question for a coworker of mine. He's young, hardworking, honest, and unfortunately recently found out when applying for a car loan that his father had opened up three lines of credit in his name when he was just 11 years old. He now finds his credit shot and over $35,000 of debt attached to his name. He shares the same name as his father, so it didn't prove too difficult to open these lines of credit. It seems as though we won't have a problem pressing charges against his father, but I'd like to help gather some information for him in order for what he needs to do next. What are the necessary steps that my young coworker needs to take in order to start repairing his credit? Thank you. Look forward to your answer. Oh, how horrible is that? Yeah, what a... How horrible hold, is that? Hold your tongue, OG. Hold it. Hold it. Bite your tongue. All right, how's April going to help him? Bite your tongue. Ah, uh, boy, this is this is really tough. So the first thing that you want to do is you want to write letters, certified letters, return receipt requested. They cost six dollars and eighty cents generally to send to each one of the credit bureaus, telling them that that is incorrect information. Right. So you're going to send a letter to the Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian that says. On my credit report, you list, you know, account number, blah, 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 blah. That account's, you know, incorrect. It's not mine. According to your records, I would have had to open that when I was 11 years old. You know, my birth date is this. Here's a copy of my driver's license. My social security number is this. Somebody has incorrect information. And I would just leave it at that. Credit bureaus should pretty quickly remove those from the, uh, from the credit report. You also have to tackle the fact that Ford thinks that you're a deadbeat or whoever, right? And so now you got to contact Ford and say, I didn't do this either. Now that you're going to have to probably call them and then find out who to send the letter to. Everything you want to do here, you want to do via mail, snail mail, return receipt requested, because then it gives you proof that you've kind of had this ongoing communication. Obviously, save a copy of everything you send. You're talking about anybody he's applying for credit with now thinks he's a deadbeat? Well, allegedly, yeah. That's what that's what yeah, she just right, said, right? Right. right so right, so okay. you got to clear that up first and then you'll have good credit yes. again. Yeah, gotcha. So the people that if you pull up your credit report and you owe $35,000 on three different lines of credit, you know, two car loans and a credit card or something, 
you want to get rid of those off of your credit report by marking them as fraud. Then also clear your name with those companies because those companies will have long memories too. And they'll say, Bob Smith is a deadbeat. And you don't want American Express to think Bob Smith's a deadbeat. You know, I, I think this LexisNexis thing you said in the headlines, I think that's important too, because do you think dad really stopped at three things? Dad might not have. There might be other things open that he doesn't even know about yet. Well, and that's a good point too. Uh, maybe even the first step before writing letters is to request a copy of your credit report. Again, from each one of the credit reporting agencies, you can go to myfico.com and pull that down. I, I don't know what it costs, 50 bucks or something to get all three of them. You get the annual credit report for free from each, you get one from each place uh, as well. But, um, uh, and then, and then separately, police report and that sort of thing, identity theft. A lot of these companies nowadays are making you file police reports, you know, to prove that you think that it's identity theft, that you're willing to take the step of filing a police report. Of course, there's all the relationship issues that go into that. But um, I wish I had I wish I had conversation to help on that. But that's pretty much going to suck. Yeah. Yeah. Not a great situation. Thanks for the call, April. If you've got a call to the Haven Lifeline, here's what you do. Head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash voicemail or just go to the Stacking Benjamins website, stackingbenjamins.com across the top. You'll see questions for the show and you'll see the Haven Lifeline right there. By the way, April is getting one of these awesome Haven Lifeline greatest money show on earth t-shirts, OG. Okay. So we're going to send one of those her way. We also get letters down here in the basement. And today our letter comes to us from Nelson. Nelson says, hey, Joe and OG, I somehow managed to get this beautiful girl to date me for the last five years. How does that work, by the way? I don't know. I fooled one so far for 20 years. So hang on tight, Nelson. Hang on tight. Yeah. If you've got her fooled now, just go for it. But anyway, my mother is starting to ask questions. So I guess it's about time to ask that question. What question is he talking about? What do you want on your on your sandwich? Oh, yeah. Right. Okay, I got it. So other than the obvious questions about her decision making, I wanted to get your guys' advice on how to start off on the right foot and communicating with each other effectively about finances. Tell Doug I'll miss getting all the ladies at the Sizzler with him, but maybe he'll fare better without me showing him up. (laughs) I don't think Doug, based on Doug's uh, t-shirt stuff going on, I'm not sure sure Doug's going to fare any better or worse based on uh, Nelson's involvement, but... Nelson, thanks for the letter. Oh, gee, I love this question. Right off the bat, how do we make sure we communicate effectively in our relationship? I think you're right that you start with the first step of making sure that the way that you think about the next uh, period of time is the same thing that she thinks about the next period of time. Get that out of the way first. But um, initially, money conversations are a little weird, right? I mean, unless you're totally transparent already, everybody's got a little baggage in some way, shape or form, behavior learned or otherwise observed, you know, a lot of times you can observe a little bit about how the other person spends money. You know, are they frivolous in your opinion? How is her parents? You know, so you kind of get an idea of what kind of money behavior she got. Ultimately, this boils down to just having uh, conversations about what do you want to have happen goal-wise in your life? What do you think about how do you feel about money? What do you think money should be used for? What's your feelings around it? You know, do you like to spend? Do you like to save? A lot of these things you can kind of figure out, right? I mean, you can you can tell in, in a relationship, in our relationship, my wife's the saver and I'm the anti-saver, right? It's, <laughs> she, you know, that's just how it is. But we work well together because uh, she's there as a ballast against my stupidity sometimes. So, some of that you already know the answer to, but as you go into your relationship, I think the uh, the biggest piece is always just to have everything on the table, right? So don't hide money. Have the weekly finance meeting, you know, the 15 or 20 minute conversation where you open the bills. That's your favorite type of weekly meeting, you know, or biweekly. It's all about communication. That's it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I like it weekly. I like it short. So 15 to 20 minutes. In fact, it's funny, this last weekend, Cheryl and I went out to breakfast and had our meeting, and it was fantastic. So over breakfast at the IHOP, had a fantastic time just talking about what's going on from top to bottom. You start off with, what are the bills that came in? And look at those together. We just pulled up a few. We try to pull up a few of them 
you know, just on our phone. And then we look at those and we, by the way, every once in a while we find mistakes and the mistakes are never in our favor. They're always, always, always against us. But so that's, that's the one cool thing. But then we talk about any income stream because obviously being an entrepreneur, my income stream is up and down. So income coming in, what are the big expenses that are coming up? And then we just take a very quick look through, we use clarity money. So we take a very quick look through clarity money to see where everything's at. Then we're done. And what's great about that is that you're both on the same page. And that's the big thing is that I don't think you can delegate the financial burden to one person, even if they like doing it and the other person doesn't. The second that person gets hit by a bus, has a heart attack, whatever it is, you and I have been there, OG, where we've met with people before. And it's so frustrating when somebody doesn't know where anything is, they don't know how any of it works, and the spouse that took care of it is no longer there. Yeah. Tough, tough stuff. But fantastic you're asking that right right away, Nelson. Keep that line of communication open from the very beginning. Thanks for the letter. If you've got a letter for the mailbag, you know what? The better way to go is the Haven Lifeline. But if you'd rather send a letter, joe at stackybenjamins.com or once again to the top of the website, you'll find a link there for questions for the show. People are also nice enough to talk about us with their friends. And I want to just thank everybody who's referred us to a friend. That's so nice to see people do that, OG. And also, people are nice enough to leave us reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen And uh, here's one that's going on mom's fridge. This one comes to us from Popcorn Finance. I actually met Mr. Popcorn Finance, Chris, at Podcast Movement Conference. Popcorn Finance, five stars, a fun take on personal finance. Joe and OG create a fun mix of sound financial advice and off-the-wall jokes. They don't take themselves too seriously, and that makes them so much more relatable. And on top of all this, they have amazing guests. See how easy that was? fantastic and helps people know what they're getting into with the stacking benjamin show thank you very much everyone for listening and by the way if you're somebody that needs big help in your corner you need a financial planner og's taking clients and the way to get on his calendar is this stackingbenjamins.com forward slash o g just the letter o the letter g stackingbenjamins.com forward slash o g and then you can schedule a meeting to talk to him about working with him on a deeper more thorough financial planning relationship because the one thing we don't do here og is thorough (laughs) we don't do thorough we don't do comprehensive and uh we definitely we definitely try to keep it light so hey coming up on wednesday we got a fantastic show because john bryant hope coming down to the basement talking about the memo about how some people og didn't get the memo the memo that says that you got to start saving early and often, you know, they don't have the family background. They don't, they, they're not surrounded with the right people. John Bryant Hope, very motivational guy. And I love talking to him. So uh, he's coming down to the basement on Wednesday. We'll somebody back here then. Go Stacks and Benjamins. Mr. Doug, it's all yours now. Take it away. Yeah, sure thing, Joe. I'll let you get back to playing Lego Star Wars on the Xbox while I tell everybody what they were supposed to have learned in the last hour. Hey, first, have big dreams? Take a lesson from our featured guest, John Acuff. Teach yourself how to finish tasks, not just begin them. You don't win a medal until you cross the finish line. Second, worried about the Equifax data breach? While freezing your credit is a little time-consuming, if you're really worried, it might just be worth the effort. But remember, there are five credit agencies, not just the big three. But the big lesson? Will someone remind Joe's mom to never follow up four sandwiches with deviled eggs? The pull-my-finger joke just ain't that funny anymore. But the one where you pull the finger and twist it is still pretty damn hilarious. (laughs) Oh my god, it's so funny. A big thanks to John Acuff for coming down to the basement. You can find more about his newest book, Finish, at acuff.me or in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Kathleen Selmans handles design, newsletter, and classroom opportunities. If you'd like to learn more, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash classes. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and there's a 73% chance that I played Chuck on Happy Days. 
SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Special thanks to Gertrude for agreeing to let Agnes sit with us at the Sizzler tonight. Maybe it's time I order matching shirts for she and I. They'll say, together since three days ago behind the Easy Mart. <laughs> I've still got it. Welcome to the after show, the part of the show that doesn't exist. For those of you new to Stacking Benjamins, what happens in the after show stays in the after show. We don't, we don't talk about it. If you have to talk about it, you can call it dessert, but don't, don't, don't talk about the after show. You're now part of the exclusive club uh, in the after show. I ran a marathon, OG. I don't know why you would want to do something that silly. You repeatedly do these really odd things. This one was way, way, way odd. A, it was in Bordeaux, France. How about that? Points for being in a new location. Second, when you ran, you ran to these chateaus, which were the big winemaking operations. You know, Rothschild. Uh, we ran through all of these wineries and maybe about 20 different wineries. And mm -hmm. you would get snacks and uh, wine pairings. That seems cool. And then trying to run while having a belly full of wine just seems oh but it's not only that we also you had to dress up and it was the 33rd running i think 33rd running so because of that they made it uh they made it a music theme so you had to be somebody who some act that was on vinyl and by the way french people french people's sense of humor i saw more cross-dressing i mean not that there's anything good or bad about cross-dressing but there was a lot of cross-dressing there was a there was a ton of cross dress stuff, and there were a lot of people also that had um, had a lot of their uh, their behind hanging out. I saw a lot of unfortunate behind hanging out. I don't even know what to say about that. We had we had costumes. There were six of us. We had costumes that were the Grateful Dead. And I actually had people come up to me wanting to take their... And everybody's dressed up. Every 10,000 people, they're all dressed up. And I had three different people come up to me and want uh, their picture with me. And then I also had uh, five or six people just like as I'm walking toward the starting line, snapping their picture of me. Because did you see my outfit? Yes, unfortunately. I look pretty hot, don't I? It seems like the worst thing imaginable to be running in like a plasticky fake costume thing with like that fake hair i've got this really and... really long black hair that hangs in my face by the way just totally hung over my eyes and in my face and then this big top hat like usa colors top hat and uh a uh, grateful dead t-shirt with the arms ripped off the, the, the with the sleeves ripped off and then i had some of those fake tattoos down my arms hmm. i'm glad you liked it it was, it was a good time until you get to like mile 15. It's a good time, but you're right. You get to like mile 15. You're like, holy crap. I'm uh, starting to get loaded and I got 10 miles to go. I guess maybe I would do a car trip like that, like a 26 mile winery car trip where you got out and, with the designated would, driver. Yeah. Maybe like if it was a drive through and I didn't even have to get out of the car when I got there. Friends like about a Sonic. Like I need, I need to do like a twenty-six mile Sonic wine tour in Bordeaux. Could you imagine from being the at back the... seat of like a S five fifty with the executive seating package? Rothschild Winery. I may help you. <laughs> you know, you gotta press that red button. Like, <laughs> do you want fries with that? Would you care for a cheese pairing with that today? Like, uh, I'll try the uh, eighty-four Lafitte 
And um, could I? Uh, uh, do you guys have um, cherry limeade? Also, I'll take one of those cherry limeade and a. Uh, Would you care for some French fries with that? <laughs> oh, French fries and the ninety-six. Mmm. Yeah. Yummy. Delicious. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was fun. 10,000 people, Medoc Marathon. Uh, it was Actually, probably for me, the better type of marathon even than that would be to just be at one restaurant. Like a buffet, where it's like a marathon at the buffet. Well, a buffet where people bring you the food. I went I went this last week to a, to a meeting for FinCon and met up with PT, who runs FinCon, and a bunch of other people. But, uh, but we went to a buffet for lunch, OG. Buffets kill me. I do not like buffets because I have a can-do attitude. Like, I wasn't even buying lunch. PT, thank you for buying me lunch. And he said that, hey, lunch is on me, man. It didn't even matter that it wasn't my money, and I wanted to make sure I got my money's worth. And that creates, when you do it for lunch, you do it for dinner, you're reasonably close to going to sleep anyway. So maybe going to sleep a little early in a food coma is fine. But when you're just going up for the third time to the buffet, like I wouldn't have three plates of food if it weren't a buffet. But a buffet, you're like, oh, I get to have more. It is not good. And then you have to have the ice cream sundae at the end. You have to. Oh, I had this little cheesecake thing. They had this cool Mm -hmm. cheesecakey deal. But anyway, yeah, not good. All right. I think that's uh, that's going to do it. Medoc Marathon, my legs feel good. Uh, I'm sure my liver's shot, but my legs feel fine. Well, Stackers, this episode is over, but you know what? Your homework has just begun, and it's not about what you know. It's about what you do. And partnering with the right organizations is a huge part of your success. Well, let me tell you, becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Now, not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you could start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Considering a big home improvement project, maybe you want to consolidate debt, Begin, stackers, with your debt strategy. Decide what the best terms are and conditions for the debt that you want to take, and then decide on the products. And with Navy Federal, you could borrow up to 100% of your home's equity with a fixed-rate home equity loan with zero closing costs or easily borrow as you go with a home equity line of credit. Both options could help make life's big expenses seem more manageable as you work your way through life. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loans subject to approval.